0: to continue our uh, series called the Wisdom Journey. If you missed, uh, if you missed last week, highly encourage you, go back and check that out. It's where we kind of did the overview of all three of the next weeks that we're going to do. And we talked about how uh, wisdom is on a journey with us through life, through from immaturity to maturity. So there is there is a, an immature, I don't want to use that word too much. I, there's the basics of, of wisdom, which really helps the immature. And then as we grow, we learn that there's more to wisdom than just the basics. And we, we talked about like kind of the surprise that like, waits for you when you move into things like Ecclesiastes and Job, where it's like, oh, it's not as simple as I, as I thought it was going to be. And so... Today, we are going to look at Proverbs. And if you remember our three pictures, this is the city streets. This is uh, neat, easy, laid out, well-lit, paved, GPS navigation, wisdom. We're going to get to the the nature, the wild chaos of life in Ecclesiastes, and then we're going to tour the cosmos with Job as we learn perspective. But but today, I just want to look at Proverbs. Now, it's funny because I remember when we were in the teen ministry a long, long time ago. I was sitting down with the teen and I was like, hey, it's funny that you say that because uh, there's a proverb about that. I was like, let me show you. And he, he literally rolled his eyes so hard I heard them in his head. It was like, and he's like, ugh, a proverb, uh, and I'm like, who are you? You're like 15 years old. Why do you well you don't get to trash talk the proverbs? The proverbs are awesome. And he's like, Yeah, but you know, every every time I'd say or do anything, my parents or my teen leader, someone's like, Oh, there's a proverb about that. And it just gets annoying and it gets old. I'm like, Well, you better suck it up, man, because that's life. There's a proverb about a lot of things. But that we have that reaction sometimes when we're like, you're, you're you're oversimplifying it. I am a wise, elder, mature state person. Like the answer is, you're probably not a super wise, elder, mature state person. But but we want to we want to value ourselves like that. So we're going to talk about the importance of guidance, and I want to talk about guidance in this in this way. This is the basics of wisdom. The basics, like this, is wisdom one hundred and one is found in Proverbs. You don't have to be, you don't have to be super smart. You don't need like a PhD in Bible, anything to go to the Proverbs and get something out of the Proverbs. And so we, we're going to start here. It's going to get more complicated next week and the following week. But I want to start here and I want to come back here. I don't want, I don't want this to ever get old or boring or useless to you. The basics of wisdom should always hold a lot of value in our life. But, if I'm I'm going to do a lesson on Proverbs, this is the best way that I can think of it. I want to read the intro to Proverbs. Maybe you've never done this, but you're like, well, what does the book of Proverbs do for me? Well, it's funny, because Solomon wrote that down, literally. This is how the book of Proverbs starts. Let's read it. The Proverbs of, oh wait, that's not 823. My bad, that's a typo. This is the beginning. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so I'm going to do, if you've ever, you know, Jen and I do this a lot, because we do the Gen IV and the Ben IV. <laughs> so this is the Ben IV of this. Uh, of this. If, you, if you want... These things. Come here. Come to the book of Proverbs if you want this stuff. If you want to get wisdom, come to the book of Proverbs. It talks about that. If you want to learn how to read wisdom literature, this is just a paraphrase of what we just read. If you want to learn how to read wisdom literature, come to the book of Proverbs. This is good practice for then learning, like reading other wisdom literature. If you want to learn how to live a good life, come to the book of Proverbs. If you want to learn the fundamentals of justice, where he talks about to learn what is fair and right and just, come to the book of Proverbs if you want to learn the fundamentals of justice. If you ever want to be in a position where you give wisdom to other people, come to the book of Proverbs. You're going to need to start at the basics before you ever think that you're wise enough to start teaching others. If you want to learn how to teach the next generation, the young, come to the book of Proverbs. If you want to use the book of Proverbs as a reference for the whole rest of your life, it's good. It says, "Come, the wise come and still use these Proverbs. And if you want to understand God better, and all throughout the Proverbs, you're going to be rem- reminded to obey these things. And we talked about that at our midweek where we talked about all the genres of the Bible and how some of, the, some of them, one of the goals of some of them is to just learn who God is. And the book of Proverbs is a resource for that. And so I want to read what we read last week. This is what we read. This is 8.20, 8.32 and thirty three. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Proverbs 16, 20. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. And blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And again, this is guidance. This is Solomon and the different... there's, There's other people who contributed to the book of Proverbs. But what they're saying is, guys, this is the basics. Come here. Start here. Learn these things before you move on. And pay attention to these things. I also showed you this list. This is... just a general list of all the topics that are in the book of Proverbs, and there's probably more than this, but these are good things that the the teachers in Proverbs decide, I'm going to write this stuff down, so that if you have a question about anything, you'll find something in the book of Proverbs about this. So here's my point number one. Don't ignore the basics, Proverbs and this type of wisdom that's, that's simple, easy, digestible, clean cut. It's the basics of wisdom. And we have to remember not to ignore the basics. So I did kind of like a, I was just like Googling. And I just wanted to see what are the articles or the blogs or the websites of different industries that commonly have to remind people, hey, don't ignore the basics. And there were, some of them jumped out at me as like very interesting, like it was all over financial and investment blogs, which you make sense, you don't want to think you know more than you actually do about the stock market and lose all your money. But there were three that I, that really jumped out at me, that I really, really loved. And so here are three pictures that show. One was music, one was fighting, MMA, jujitsu, wrestling, and then the other was flying, was aviation. There's common reminders in these industries to don't ignore the basics. So what what does it mean like in music? I don't think we have a lot of music. I wish Mark and Sarah were here cuz they would literally get up. They would literally get up and they would be like preach it brother, don't ignore the basics of music theory and knowledge. Like don't think you know more than you do about music. Now, the other two we're going to start to get into, like, risks and safety. But when it comes to music, the, the only real risk is that you just look dumb. If you think you know, if you think you're way more advanced than you really are in music, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't need this, and then you, like, do a performance or something, you will be quickly reminded that maybe you should have paid more, maybe you should have practiced more, maybe you should have learned your scales a little better, maybe you should learn how to read music, that sort of thing. Don't ignore the basics. And it was commonly like reminder, like taught. Hey, don't ignore the basics. Now when it came to fighting, oh my gosh, there was tons of like blogs or YouTube videos where teachers like senseis or just instructors, and I'm sure Simon would love to like get up here and tell you all about this. They commonly, if I run a, if I run a studio and people are coming to me to learn how to, to grapple and they think they're hot stuff, and they want to try all the latest moves they saw, you know, on UFC. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Because you're going to get hurt. Because you're not, you're, not a, you're not anywhere near ready to try any of that stuff. And you're just going to get choked out and everyone's going to laugh at you while you're unconscious on the floor. And we have a brother uh, back in, in uh, Ann Arbor who uh, was really good in jiu-jitsu. And he went to, like, the nationals and stuff. And, and he, that was his whole thing. Like, man, I hate it when I'm... I'm I'm like working at my my gym and people come in and they, they they get mad and they start to fight me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just need to learn the basics. The other one that I saw, surprisingly, over and over again, was in the field of aviation. Flight instruction and also on the control tower side. The basics of procedure and safety Like, hey, we have these rules. We have these these manuals. You need to follow your your flight instructions. You need to follow the basics of these things. Because if you get into the plane and you think, oh, I don't need to do my pre-flight check. I'm sure it's fine. And then you crash the plane. And a lot of the times, flight investigators... Track back mistakes, even fatalities, to very simple mistakes where people just overlook doing the things that they know they're supposed to do. Don't ignore the basics out in the world, in these industries, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it back to our spirituality and and when it comes to wisdom. Has anyone ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? The Dunning-Kruger effect. Well, I'm about to teach it to you. Uh, I love this. So this is a, a, just a general example of the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's, you've got confidence over here. This is how, how hot you think you are. And then you've got your actual experience, which is usually also correlates with time in any industry. So as you're learning stuff, you're trying stuff, this could be a sport, this could be a game, this could be a hobby, or it could be an industry, like pursuing a, a degree in something. Or This is so repeatable. You'll see this. You'll see this for the rest of your life, guys. You'll see this in yourself. We learn a little bit. And we think we are geniuses and stuff. And you learn a fraction of an ounce of information. And you're like, oh yes, I am well versed on all of the things. And your confidence skyrockets. Some people call that the peak of Mount Stupid. Because it's like... You think you know more. Your, your confidence greatly overshadows your actual experience in this. And we see this over and over again. And so then what happens is, as time goes on, it comes crashing down. When you realize, actually, I'm not very smart in this. And you come into what is called the valley of despair. Where you realize how dumb you are. And you're like, oh no, no. I'm not that great. And so, like, even like when it comes to like the MMA or like jujitsu or something, people, this is when you like sign up for a membership, you think it's awesome, and then you get schooled, and then you quit, and you're like, I don't want to go back to the gym and get embarrassed anymore. (laughs) And it's because your confidence comes back down to like normal. And we think, we think it should be linear. Like the more we know. The more confident we get, and it goes over time. It never is linear, guys. Wisdom is not a linear journey. And so then becomes this long, slow climb where you have to learn the things that you don't know, and then you're you're learning all the things that, that you don't know, all the things that you don't know. You're like, wow, this is really hard. And eventually, this is what's awesome that plateau at the end, that plateau at the end is. Sometimes it's referred to as like the plateau of sustainability or that's, your, that's where you finally achieve what would be called an expert. Where it's, but it takes a long time and a lot of experience to become an expert at anything. And yet, here's what's shocking, guys. As an expert in your field, you'll never be as confident as you were when you were dumb and, and at the beginning. The, the PhDs, they know to be Humble. That's part of being an expert. And yet, like, the, the masters in any craft, they're humble, and they know, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hot stuff. I'm just part of this field. But the, the newcomers are always, like, super, super prideful. Now, what does this have anything to do with our spirituality? I'm just trying to set the stage. When it comes to wisdom, when it comes to the book of Proverbs, we're like that teen that I was counseling so all those years ago, where he's like, ugh, don't even read me a proverb. It's dumb. And I'm like, oh, you think you're like super wise. You think you're like way more mature than the book of Proverbs. Well, I just want you to know, you're not. None of us are. None of us get to outgrow that level of wisdom. The best that we can do is become a very, very, very wise person that and be humble. And the wise person that's humble is always going to come back to the Proverbs and be like, man, there's so much I can still learn here. And the intro to Proverbs says that. The wise, come here and increase your wisdom. But here's my question for you. Do I consistently assume that I'm wiser and more mature than I really am? And the way this is going to, the rubber is going to meet the road on this is when you're challenged and you fight people. And you're like, oh, pff, uh, uh. And you, you think, oh, don't, don't correct me. When someone says, hey, remember, I think we talked about this. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. That's not good for you. And you're like, don't tell me what to do. Like, oh, you think you're like super mature. But we need the humility. Like even now, like the rest of this lesson, if you, if you don't tap into a, a deep need to, to embrace the basics. If you don't tap into the humility that says, yeah, I have something to be, to be taught. It could all go out the window. And you could think, You've, there's nothing for me to learn because I know everything. That's the worst mistake you could ever make. Is to think there's nothing you can learn anymore. You know everything. Please let us not do that. So throughout this whole sermon and the rest of the series, I want humility to, to be there with us. All right. Here is the, here's the controversial statement, okay? We talked a little bit about this on Wednesday. The p- title of this point is 85%. <sighs> Guys, this is a completely arbitrary number. It doesn't mean anything. I had, I had to pick a number. I picked 85%. You can argue with me later that it should have been 94.7 or whatever. I just picked 85%, okay? Okay. The Proverbs have to be interpreted correctly. And there's a a trap if we don't. So the way I'm going to say it, and Jen helped me wordsmith this, the Proverbs are 100% true, but at the same time, sometimes they're only about 85% applicable. And what does that mean? Is, Is the Bible true? I'll say yes. But does that mean that you should do everything that's in the Bible? We talked about this with narratives, like you got to be careful to properly read a narrative. For instance, uh, the the example that Jen came up with was like, hey, it says that David was a man after God's own heart, right? So I should live like David, right? Maybe 85% of the time. (laughs) David had a really rough 15% of his life. So if I'm standing on my roof and I look out and I see a, a desirable woman, should I go after her and seduce her and murder her husband? I think you would all say, bro, that's not wise. Exactly. Because while it is true, David was a man after God's own heart, it's not fully applicable to my life. And when we get into the Proverbs, you're going to find Proverbs that are true. They're just not 100% applicable to every person in every situation and that. So this is going to take some maturity. This is going to take some wisdom to even understand this. Here are some... Not biblical Proverbs, okay? Many hands make light work, but also too many cooks spoil the broth. Have you guys ever heard those? Yeah. And you can probably think of situations where, hey, many hands make light work. When we're moving. When we're helping someone pack or unpack, man, it's great to have a lot of help. Oh, the, it's like, man, it's so cool to have all those people come over and help us unload. But what if everybody decided, well, if we're going to load someone's moving truck up and everyone said, I'm going to be the guy in the truck playing the Tetris with all the boxes. You're like, well, we only need one of those guys, right? Because, and someone will say this, hey guys, we got too many cooks in the kitchen. We don't need all these people here. And so while both of these are true, they contradict each other because they're not 100% applicable in every situation. Does that make sense? Oh, I got more. Don't judge a book by its cover, and yet, clothes make the man. If you were coming to me, and you were saying, hey, I have a job interview, and it's a really important job, I really wanted to make, and I'd be like, oh, that's great, like, um, are you going to get, you know, like, what are you going to do to get ready for your job? You're like, oh, nothing, I'm just going to pray about it and uh, go in my pajamas. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, my my schedule's packed, so I don't have uh, time to shave or shower or anything like that. I'd be like, ooh, could I make a recommendation? Maybe dress yourself and take a shower. And if you said, bro, don't judge a book by the cover. I'd be like, true, but not applicable in this case. Take a shower. Dress up for your interview. Because these are are both true. You can imagine a scenario where both of these are true, but they're contradictory because they're not both applicable. Does that make sense? Oh, I got another one. What about, look before you leap. And yet, he who hesitates is lost. And so you might be like, let's talk about like investments or something. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to dump, we, we sold our house and we got like, you know, $100,000. We're going to dump it all in the stock market. I'd be like, woo, okay. Uh, might I suggest, like consulting a financial advisor... And don't make hasty decisions with your $100,000. And you might go, well, no, 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 no. I don't want to miss this window of opportunity, bro. Like, we got to move on this. It's a, hot, it's a hot stock market. It's blue chip. And I'm like, mm, mm. I'm, I'm just wired the other way. Now, both of these are true. There are times where you don't want to just drag your feet and miss opportunities. But then there's also times where hastiness is bad. These are both true. But depending on your situation, they're not both true. Applicable. Now there are two proverbs. This is a famous example. There are two proverbs. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Then there's another proverb that says, answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Now let me just like, let's, let's interpret these. Let's figure out what they're saying. So what Solomon is saying is, there are situations where, if some guy is acting dumb, you don't you should not show him like go out on a limb showing him how dumb he is. Just let him be dumb. Because if you get dragged into an argument, you're just going to go out in the same in the same way. You can get sucked out into foolish arguments, and Paul even says that. But then, are there situations where you do need to show someone the error of their ways so that they don't go off and make all kinds of silly mistakes? Yes, there are, there are cases where, where both of these are 100% true, but then we have to determine which one is applicable to us right now. And what's crazy is I think that Solomon understood this because he put them back-to-back back in, the, in the book of Proverbs. They are literally consecutive verses. So when you're reading Proverbs 26, it'll say, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him answer a fool according to his folly or he will be wise in his own eyes and then we have to wrestle with that huh that's very strange that these two things that say the opposite are right next to each other and the answer is it's it's a hundred percent true but it's just not a hundred percent applicable here's another way to say that and this is this is where we're going to get into the the caution a hundred percent true 85 percent of the time is not the same as 85 percent true so a proverb, this basics of wisdom, you're going to find the edges. As you explore the basics, the foundations of wisdom, you're going to find the edges where you're like, okay, this makes sense most of the time, but in this situation, maybe it doesn't. And you're going to be tempted to make this error in your judgment and think, well, if it's not 100% true, then it's a lie. And you're going to be tempted to discredit the basics of wisdom because you found the edge of its application. And so we have to be super careful. We have to be humble and not make this judgment. If something is 100% true 85% of the time, it does not give me the right to be like, well, it's not really true then. And here's the question I want to ask us. Do I give up on the 85% of wisdom because of the 15% Of of its application. What do I mean by that? Is it true that you should be humble? And is it true that you should, you know, model yourself and your life and your character after the humility of Jesus? Yes, 100% true. Are there times where you are humble and you will still get taken advantage of? Yes, there are times. Guys, I'm promising you this. I'm guaranteeing you, if you are humble, there are going to be some times where you're like, well, that didn't work out for me. And you're going to be tempted to throw it all away. Well, I guess I just need to get mine then. Because it's not going to work out for me if I follow your stupid humility rules. Humility doesn't do anything for me. So I'm done. Same thing with the truth. There's going to be times where you're going to tell the truth. Just like on the old... You Remember the old sitcoms? All the way back to like Leave it to Beaver and and, uh, Andy Griffith's show. And all the way up into the 80s, like Growing Pains. Where the common plot line is someone tells a lie... It goes poorly. They come clean. And then their dad is like, it's okay, son. It's all fine. It all worked out. And that is not life. That's not how life works. There's going to be times where you tell the truth, and then you get punished. You get The consequences of your actions are bad. And I remember, here's a hilarious story. I had a job at a bagel shop in Ann Arbor. Berry Bagels. And it's still there. And... Um, I'm, like, in high school, and uh, I, I, have, I, I know nothing about how to make cappuccinos. I know nothing about how to make, like, you know, cream cheese and lox sandwiches. I know nothing about anything. I don't even know their cash register, and they're trying to teach me, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And then this little old lady in a wheelchair comes up, and I'm like, oh, hi, ma'am, and she's whispering her, like, cappuccino order, and I'm, like, freaking out because I don't know how to make cappuccinos. But I, I, lean, over, I lean over the thing like this. and I'm like, Excuse, what is it, ma'am? Oh, okay. Um, I feel something under here. It's super weird. I'm like, what is that? Huh? weird. But okay, whatever. And then I go about and I'm I'm making, butchering a cappuccino for this old woman. And then like five cop cars show up. And that was a silent alarm for, for getting robbed. And they come in with guns drawn and like SWAT style, clearing corners around the bagel restaurant. And I'm like, what is going on? The boss comes out and she's like, who pushed that button? <laughs> Guys, I was like, what do I, <laughs> I, I, what do I say? Do I say I push the button or do I not? Do I lie? I was like, I pushed the button. <laughs> I was like, I, I pushed the button. She's like, why would you push the button? Like, I didn't even know there was a button there. We get into this big argument. I'm like, why didn't you tell me there's a button? That if I push it, the cops will come. I definitely would not have pushed it if I didn't know. But I got yelled at. I was washing dishes all the way up until I got fired from that job. That's the only job I ever got fired from. I think some of it had to do with that button push. But I told the truth, and it did not work out well for me no one came and said, that's okay, thank you for telling the truth. My boss was like, you're an idiot. I'm like, Ugh. so guess what happened? I, I was like, dude, if I ever accidentally push that button again, I'm walking out and I'm never cu- coming clean. I'm never going to say that I pushed the button because there's a, telling the truth is good, but if you tell the truth, You're going to find the edge of its application where it's not going to work out for you. You should still tell the truth, but you're going to find the edge where it doesn't work out for you. And then you're going to want to throw truth out the window. Well, I guess I'm just going to lie. and Whatever I can do to avoid the most trouble. Guys, we do this with the Proverbs when we're trying to discuss relationships, healthy boundaries, sexual purity. Like, oh, I don't need that. And so we throw out wisdom because we've found the edge of its application. i got one last point for us, and it it goes along those lines. Example or exception? Guys, the basics of wisdom in Proverbs, but also in other places in the Bible, you're going to find the basics of wisdom. This is why I love the book of James so much. It's like the New Testament Proverbs. The basics of wisdom provides an awesome and amazing and yet terrifying opportunity. Okay? Are you ready for this? It gives you just enough structure and instruction and practice to get good. To get good at modeling wise behavior to others. If you live according to the proverbs, people are going to look at you and go, that guy is wise. That woman is a wise woman because they live according to the, these basics of wisdom. That's awesome! But there's that, there's that other, there's that sliver. They can also give you just enough wiggle room to tempt you to think that you can do your own thing. Proverbs and all the, the, the basic wisdom in the Bible get... It gives you lots of structure and practice to get good at something, and yet it also gives you a little wiggle room to think, well, I don't need to do any of this stuff. And so this saying, example or exception, this is in our vocabulary, me and Jen. This is in our vocabulary, and it's been in our vocabulary since we were baby Christians because uh, we we, we became Christians while we were dating, and we're trying to figure out how do we have a relationship as a dating couple, and we messed up. Like repeatedly messed up, and I'm the, I remember sitting with my, with my, campus minister Roy Chow, love him to death, and he, this is like twenty years ago. And he's like, I I know what you're I know you I know your problem. You think that you can be an exception to all the rules. Like here are some healthy boundaries and guidelines for a successful pure dating relationship, and you think, well, I can be the one guy that makes it work outside your silly little rules. So I'm going to be the exception. He's like, why don't you try actually being the example? It's harder. It's harder to be the example. If you really want to man up and, and be strong, like try being the example and not the exception. And so we watched a movie last night. Have you ever seen Moneyball? is a cool, cool movie. Yeah. Come on, Brad Pitt. He's a, it's cool. This is an important scene in the movie where Billy Bean is talking. He's the, he's the general manager. And David Justice is the baseball player. And they have this conversation. It's a cool scene. And there's tension between them. And so Brad Pitt's character, Billy, he's like, hey, do we have a, do we have a problem, David? And David says, "No, nah, I see what you're doing but it's for them. That stuff ain't for me. And Billy responds, oh, you're special. And Billy says, yeah. And they have a discussion about the finances of his contract. And then Billy ends it with this. David, you're smart. You get what we're trying to do here. Make an example for the younger guys. Be a leader. Can you do that? And after that little shot of humility that he got... David says, I can do that. But he went into that, in that short little conversation, he, was, he went into that thinking he's the exception. I don't need to be like what you're trying to build. I can operate outside that. And Billy comes in, he's like, why don't you just try to be the example? Be a leader. And he, he says, yes, he'll do that. Here's, here's an example. Proverbs 10.4 says, lazy hands make for poverty. But diligent hands bring wealth. Is that true? Yeah. I would say it's 100% true. 85% of the time. (laughs) Guys, if I got 100 people together and we decided we're going to test this, I think we would conclusively show that the diligent people were able to produce more than the lazy people. Would you agree? That's probably true. We would probably find something like that. Would you also agree that maybe there would be an outlier? Some guy who just like, you know, hits some random stock investment and like becomes a millionaire doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, I would completely agree that we might find an outlier. It doesn't make this untrue, like we talked about in the last point, but here's the problem. That guy now wants to be the exception. and He wants to get up and tell everybody, You don't need to work hard. Just do what I'm doing. Be like me. I'm showing you that you don't have to obey the stupid work hard rules. And what is he actually going to do? All he's going to do is make a bunch more people lazy and broke. Because not everything is going to work out for them the way it worked out for him. Does that make sense? And so what, what happens is he wants to be the exception And all he does is turn into a bad example. Here are two Proverbs. I won't read them all, but this is at the beginning of Proverbs, there's these two things where Solomon warns his son stay away from these types of people. You know, evil men, men like looking for violence, and wayward, you know, adulterous women. He says, hey, hey, my man, if you want to be wise, here are, some, here are some things that you should avoid. Guys that are always just looking for trouble and girls that are always just looking for trouble. And this isn't going to get into, we're not going to talk about, you know, this isn't a gender issue. This is, I'm just showing you the Bible. But what's funny is, in both of these passages, he offers the same piece of advice. Just stay away from them. He says, don't even go down that path. And with the adulterous woman, he's like, don't even, if you know where her house is, don't even walk down that street. Just stay away. And it's, it's almost like Solomon was trying to tell his son, hey man, there, there are two areas where you're going to want to test me on this. Where you're going to think that you can handle it, when I'm telling you, you probably can't handle it. These are two areas where you're going to want to test wisdom. Don't do it. Everybody thinks they can be the exception. Everybody thinks that they can be the exception to the basics of wisdom. And all I can say is it's not going to work. It's not going to work for you the way you think it will. This, uh, this proverb in Proverbs 5, it goes on. And the verse right after this reads like this. Proverbs 5, 11 through 14. At the end of your life... You will groan when your flesh and body are spent. You will say how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors, and I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. This is where I want to start our wisdom journey, is at the basics. It requires a lot of humility. If humility is your, is your thing, you're, you're, you have a hard time with humility, it's going to be exposed in this. If you set up habits of testing wisdom and seeing what can I get away with and still be okay, it's not going to go the way you hope it will go. All it's going to do is show you that you are the fool that Proverbs keeps talking about. But there's an alternative You don't have to be the exception who turns into the bad example. You can be the good example. You can be the person that decides I'm going to live in a way that other people could look at me and say that is a good way to live. I don't want to be the asterisk. I don't want to be the one that's like on the outskirts that everyone has to say "Uh, yeah, they're cool but don't live like them. And that's what I was trying to do for years of my life. I wanted to be the 007 single spy Christian like that could do his own thing outside of the the watchful eye of the law. Wouldn't you rather be someone that actually helps people? And so that's my question. Do you want to be the example or the exception? Think back in times in your life where where you've been the example and how good that feels. And think back in times in your life where you've been the exception and how it usually didn't work out super well for you. I hope that we can be a church of people that want to help others, not just run off and think they know better. Try committing to be the example, not the exception. So here's my last question: Do do I need to get back to the basics of wisdom? We're going to move on next week. We're going to talk about the chaos and hevel of life in Ecclesiastes. But do I just need to get back to appreciating the way God works through the basics of wisdom? Maybe you're young, you're new to the faith. Maybe you just started studying the Bible. The basics of wisdom are good. Don't ignore the basics. Don't be that Dunning-Kruger effect guy (laughs) or girl. Maybe you've been around a while. Maybe you've gotten disillusioned with that 15%. You're like, oh yeah, I've seen all the ways that the basics of wisdom don't work in every situation. And so I've cast those things off. I don't need that stuff. I I can figure it out all on my own. I, I, I implore you, please stick with the safe bet of the 85%. It will not let you down over the span of your life. Or, like this last point, maybe you just think you know more than everybody. Maybe you don't need simple wisdom. You've got deep wisdom. The basics are just too basic for you. I don't want you to be the kind of person that tries to show everyone that you can do things different. I want you to know it's not going to work out well for you. And the worst thing is you could really just set a lot of people up for failure. I want you to partner with wise people in your life and try to be the example of wisdom. So here's our three things. Next week we're going to look at the wild side of life. The chaos, the hevel that we'll read about in Ecclesiastes. And then Job will bring us back to a place of safety and security when we get the perspective of who God is. But guys, I am so glad that we're even talking about wisdom. And I hope that we as mature slash maturing people can help the, the, young of our, the next generation of our church. And that we can model really excellent behavior for them. And a love of wisdom and of God. So, thank you so much. And with that, I've asked Steve Mask to do our communion. Come on up, Steve.